Oh, that's embarrassing. This podcast contains vulgar language and sensitive subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Healthcare Villains. Woo-hoo. I am Poison Ivy. I am Juggerdoc. So we are following up from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Juggerdoc was telling us an awesome story about lobotomies. Yeah. Gave him the whole history of uh-huh. lobotomies. Went back to from the fucking Stone Age, which I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that far. Like, I knew it was in Mesoamerica, like the Incas, but I thought it was Incas, not like pre-Inca. Yeah. And then talked about, you know, how it evolved. And we ended on... Uh, the infamous Dr. Freeman, which a lot of people have heard about him. He's the ice pick guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but if, you know, you should go back, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you should definitely go back and take a listen definitely. to it just to kind of see where we're at. Um, but that's basically um, the recap of last week. Yeah. We basically, lo- we're talking about lobotomies where you cut holes into people's noggins to get to yep. the creamy feeling. Yep. So, when we left off, Freeman was inspired after going to a conference and Mm -hmm. he started doing um lobotomies and lobotomies were going on all over the world all over the world all the way until the 80s which yeah i didn't know i thought they like Mm -hmm. fell out of favor in like the 60s but yeah those france guys french what can you say the fucking french so i mean those girls are pretty lippy so if you need your wife taken care of (laughs) just go get her lobotomy it's fine it's fine right okay so Freeman started off with the two, the, what is it called again on the Uh, two sides? Bilateral leukotomy because it's taking the white matter out in a hole. So you drill two little incisions. You make two incisions on either side of basically your eyebrows, drill into it with a a drill, like literally a drill, an auger. And then you put in this little tube and remove some tissue or you put in some alcohol to kill the tissue. And so what it does is it separates those uh, transmitters from being able to contact and connect with each other. So you're not getting all the stimulus that a normal brain would get. And that's kind of the science behind a lobotomy. All right. Science. Uh Sure. Pseudoscience, let's call it. Because, again, well, you know, all mental health is still pseudoscience. It's not like we can take an x-ray and be like, oh, there's the problem. That's that's it right there. No, can't do that. Can't draw labs and be like, oh, mm mm-hmm. I see that your uh, depression values are high. <laughs> That'd be nice, but it's not how it works. No. So we have to be like, I think this is what's going on. That's what it seems like. Right? If you're telling me 100% actual truth and not just whatever you want to tell me, and I think this pill might help, here you go. Have fun. Good luck. Good luck to you. Make Come. sure you keep taking it every day for several weeks before you notice any changes. But in the meantime, you're going to have pretty unpleasant side effects. Exactly. Yep. Mostly, uh, you won't have any sex drive. So have fun with that. Ugh, that's Call the, me if there's it's a like problem. like that's the only joy I have left, and yeah, now right? it's gone. <laughs> oh, so sad. So sad. Okay. So, um, and this was this was all the rage. There there was articles published in, like, reputable journals, mm-hmm. journals, uh, that 63% out of the first 200 patients that Freeman did the bilateral lobotomy on had actually improved. So there was some science, but again, this is very subjective, right? If you're talking about someone's behaviors, how do you actually say that they've improved, right? Sure. It's very hard to quantify that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Freeman, he the, the so, so Freeman and Watts they were partners, and Freeman had no surgical experience at all. He had never cut into anyone. Like, he went to school. He went to the very prestigious schools. He taught at schools. Again, very prestigious schools. So he had a good education. What kind of doctor was he again? He was a neurologist. Hold on. Hold on. A neurologist. 
and a neuropathologist. That's right. Okay. Now I remember. Yeah. I'm up to speed now. And his buddy, Dr. James Watts, was a neurosurgeon. Okay. And again, both these guys worked at George Washington University, which is a very prestigious medical school back in the day and still today. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so they worked together to figure out how to do the lobotomies, where to slice and dice, and what part of the creamy nougat to remove. Okay. Sure. Um, so, again, so Watts was the surgeon. Freeman was a neuropathologist, right? Okay. So Freeman, um, he decided that doing the bilateral lo- uh, lobotomy was too much. Because that was that was done in a hospital, right, with the surgical room and anesthesia and yada, yada, yada. And Freeman's like, that nah, takes too much time. We don't need to be that precise. Let's just, uh, let's just do this through the eye socket, which makes sense. Okay, in the back of your eye, there is a very thin um, bone that, mm-hmm. you know, prevents your eyes from sinking into your brain, I guess. <laughs> but it's a lot easier to get through than your hard skull. Like, your skull's hard for a reason. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. it's protecting some pretty important stuff. Sure. Crucial, if you will. For most people. I don't know. Crucial for life. There's some people, I don't even know if they use the contents with inside mm. their skulls, but, you know, that's they, fine. They still use the, the, the basal stuff. They yeah. might not use the prefrontal cortex kinda where like, all your critical thinking is. Kind of like slugs. Yeah. 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 I'm uh-huh. down with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Slugs. Just, just live to live. <laughs> live and procreate. That's yeah. all you fucking do. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I live across the street from some of them. Yeah, you do. I've been they, there. They get really lively and use more critical thinking when they have to sell their meth. I, I don't think it takes much critical thinking. I didn't say I didn't say how much. That's true. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so uh, Freeman though he's like, nah, it's taking too much time. We need we need it. Let's do this quickly. We need to be e- e- efficient. Efficient. Yeah. So he's like, we can go through the eyeball. Great idea. Uh, and if you get an eyelash in your eyeball and you think your life's going to end. Right. Can you imagine? And they just go like right above your eye, like your actual eyeball in between oh, that little soft spot right I there. I thought it was like right in the tear duct no, area. No, no. It's right above that. Because, okay. you know, your eye can, if it wasn't for your eyelid, your eyes would just pop out of your head all the time. So, and your eyelids are very stretchy. So you can just like up and in and uh, Freeman, like even at one point in time, used the ice pick from his own fridge. I mean, I don't know if he put it back in the fridge when he was done, <laughs> but uh, I hope he like just washed just, it. I don't know. I don't think he was very sanitary. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, and he literally used just a mallet. So you put the ice pick in the top of your eyeball, used a mallet to hammer it through was that it at least gentle taps uh he had to break through the bone so probably not but you said it's thin bone like are we talking like thin bone like an eggshell <laughs> no not that thin damn all right Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so what Unlikely. year was this again this is in 19 about 42 ish around oh there oh my god Early 40s Ugh. okay yeah well so and he just like tap 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 it in just give it a little tappy. And and uh, usually it was bilateral. And he was like, um, he was very much a showman about it. So he would do them both at the same time. So Just, bilateral means both sides, right? So right. he would put one ice pick in both in each eye and hammer them at the same time. Dude, it's not a fucking sideshow. Uh, no, it was a sideshow for him, though. That's why he had such a bad rap, because he would invite media. He would want his picture taken all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It, like, okay, 
that's honestly not surprising. For those who work in healthcare, you already know this, but for the, those who don't, neurosurgeons and neuro anybody doctors mm-hmm. are probably the biggest egotistical asses I, I would agree. ever met in my life, especially the surgeons. Yeah, neurosurgeons are a bunch of dicks. Oh my God. But honestly, the neurosurgeon in this story, Dr. Watts, uh, he actually wasn't a dick. Interesting. It okay. was the neuropathologist and the neurologist, Dr. Freeman, that was the egotistical stroke my eagle kind of, e- eagle? Ego. My, my eagle eagle. My <laughs> my ego kind of guy. Huh. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Th- so, you pound this little ice pick instrument right through. I mean, he eventually stopped using his kitchen ice pick and created a tool called a lugotomy, which is the... Uh, again, white matter hole buster is basically what it is in uh, Latin. And there were some rumors that uh, that he, oh, sorry. So I'm just reading my notes that there was rumors that he used his own ice pick from his freezer, which seems weird. Like I know that he did these procedures in weird random places, but I don't know if he ever actually used it in his house. They did do it in his office. So maybe it was his office ice pick. So out of his freezer? I did hear, like, for a while he did travel around and do oh, no. these he with totally did. Um, Dr. Watts. Probably not with Dr. Watts at that point in time. So you, you just, if I could back up a bit, you sure. said that he, Dr., the neurosurgeon, mm-hmm. he said that, you said that he was more ethical. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? So at one point in time, uh, so Dr. Watts was all about the lobotomies, the bilateral frontal sure. lobotomies. Mm-hmm. But then when Dr. Freeman started doing these weird transorbital things, so the, some of the problems were, um, uh, A, sanitary conditions. Because, again, if you use your own ice pick out of your freezer, not very sanitary. No. There are pictures of uh, Freeman doing these procedures where he had no gloves, no, no, like he was wearing basically like what looked like kind of like a weird tank top type of thing. And he was just, all his equipment was just laying out and he was doing these in hotel rooms and just in his office and all sorts of places that, and so Watts was like, um, bro, there's no science behind what you're doing. You're just like guessing at what you're doing and it's not sanitary. If you continue to do this in the office, I'm not going to be part of this anymore. I see. So at what point was this? Because they, they were working together for a mm-hmm. while doing the bilateral uh, lobotomies. And then so at what point did he move on to like stabbing people in the eyeballs? And Dr. Watts is like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, in the early 40s. So like how long after the fact they were partnered up? Was it years? Uh, well, so they partnered up in 1935. And then in the early 40s, I want to say 1942 is about when they separated and went their separate okay. ways. Okay. All right. Now I got the time frame. Okay. Okay. So. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. I don't have a specific date on when they parted, split the sheets, if you will. <laughs> but that one article was published in 1942. So at that point in time, they were still doing uh, the frontal lobotomies. And it was before uh, Freeman did the transorbital lobotomy. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Watts didn't like that the fact that he was just grabbing ice picks from the freezer when he makes his like shaken martinis after work. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, and he was just basically putting the ice pick in the top of the eye socket, pounding it in with a mallet. And then the, the science was that you inserted about seven centimeters to the base of the frontal lobes and swept 15 degrees laterally. That was it. That that's was your it? whole, that's the whole thing. And he would do these in 10 minutes. 
That was his. That was like his showmanship part too. He's like, look how fast I can do it. Ten minutes done. Wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. Done. Hmm. And sometimes, sometimes they would use sedation and they would sedate people with ECT because that's nice. a good way to sedate people. Wow. And Watts was like, also, if you're sedating people with ECT, how do you know it's not the ECT that's actually causing the positive changes? Yeah, because ECT can have some pretty long effects, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was, again, no real science behind what he was doing. And how do you know if you're not, like, leaving brain shard or bone shards in your brain? Yeah, because you're busting through. Okay. Yeah, you're not, like, nicely just drilling a hole in it, which removes the brain or the bone shards. You're busting through like an egg. Right. I mean, I get eggshells in my eggs all the time. I oh, know. I hate it when you bite into it and you're like, oh, and it's horrible. It's like it the is. worst, one of the worst things ever. It really is. I'm Talk about first world, first world problems right there. But Yeah, we can actually afford eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I got some homie hookups with people Ooh, that have chickens. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I'm going to start selling them on the black market. Dude, you should. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to like just spend eggs willy-nilly to egg people's houses and that ain't going to happen anymore. Whatever. You still bring me eggs all the time. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to eat all these. Yeah, but I mean, talking about egg people's houses. Oh, egging people's houses. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or their cars, because that eats the pain. Dude, not to digress, but like, my car got egged. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, after I, like, someone after- really hates you because that's like five bucks. Dude, so like, no, this was before the whole oh. chicken crisis. Oh, okay. <laughs> before the chicken crisis. No, this was like after I bought my new Jeep. Uh huh. And I was driving home from work. Uh-huh. And I remember I was driving and I heard a pop and I thought it was weird. And I was like looking around. I was like, this brand new car, nothing should be popping. I get home and mind you, it's summertime. It's hot. Mm. And it's hot here. Yes, it is. And then I looked and there was a fucking egg broken on my goddamn. Really? Yeah. So I think some punk ass little fuckers that need a lobotomy <laughs> threw an egg at my Jeep while I was driving through that neighborhood. Little fuckers. Yeah. And it fucked up my pain a little bit. Just this little tiny mm-hmm. spot and it was brand new. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Should have had your uh, your non-lethal weapon. Oh, yeah, my, my Berna. Berna, that's right. And then just like, pop, pop. Yeah. Try so, me. So Berna is just like, it looks like a 9 millimeter, but It, it sh- does. It, and it shoots off these little um, balls, so these plastic balls. They can either just be the balls and they hurt like fucking hell, or they have pepper spray inside the balls and they explode when they hit something. That sounds awesome and terrible all at the same time. It sounds awesome to me. Like, Unless you're on the Fuck other end. Fuck around and of find it. out. Yeah, but if you're on the other end, like, what if you accidentally fire it and shoot yourself? I'm not going to do that. I well, I hope not, but it happens. I, I Where have, shit happens? I, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I've used real weapons in, in like, uh, real sticky situations. I know, but I've, I've read some military personnel. Yeah, they are pretty fucking their... stupid. I almost got killed on a firing ring. Exactly. So, come on. But I didn't do that. Okay, that's true. You didn't do that. That's fine. I grew up with guns, so I hope I wouldn't do that either, but it happens. It does happen. happens. It does. Okay. Anyway, right. we digress yet so, again. But yeah, that's why Watts was like, you know what? You're crazy. I'm out. That's fair. Right? Okay. You mess with people's brains and you do it in under 10 minutes with no sanitary conditions considered at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyway, so he was just like, Mm-mm, I'm out. And so then they parted ways. Okay. All right, so, um, uh, so oh, actually, that's where that you actually brought up when Freeman and Watts, because that was the next paragraph in my thing. Mm, perfect. Uh, so, yeah, it became obvious that it was crude and lack of sterile techniques, and the medical community was very disappointed in the procedure because the results were so mixed, right? right? It's not, again, it's not like you did something and, like, everybody was just fixed. But, again, it's also very subjective, 
mm-hmm. and they weren't really changed the environment in which they were in. So if they were really aggressive and psychotic, and then you ship them back to an aggressive psychotic place where it's like you have to fight for your life, fittest, yeah, you're not going to change very much because otherwise you're going to get, you know, you're going to get rolled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my question is, is um. Who did he do lobotomies on? Or are you getting to that? I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. He did them on everybody. Okay, I will, I will wait patiently then. Everybody. I'm telling you, it's like Oprah. Everybody gets a lobotomy. Oh, mm-hmm. lovely. All right. So, uh, yeah, but Freeman loved this technique. He was all about it. And the medical community at large, even though they published a paper about normal lobotomies, the transorbital lobotomy that Freeman was all going to call about, they're like, whoa, bro, you need to calm down. And there were lots of complications. A lot of people died. Um, but the through the re- – not the research, but the, the records that he kept, most patients did become – if not improved, they at least became more manageable. Okay. All right. And so then during this time, like this started just being all the rave in the U.S. And it said that uh, Freeman performed 3,500 of these transorbital lobotomies. 3,500. Mm-hmm, in the few years – that he was doing it because he was only doing it for like another 10, 15 years. And that was it. 3,500? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these were done in hospitals or his office, but some were done in hotel rooms. Uh, he was called arrogant and reckless by many of uh, his colleagues at the time because uh, so, these procedures, uh, and he often courted the media attention. There's videos out there that you can still find of him performing these things, and there's photos all over the place that you can see. Uh, in one case, he was actually posing for a picture while performing an ice pick lobotomy, and the pick slipped, and the patient died, like, immediately. <gasps> yeah. For real? For real. That Well, I mean, yeah, that was actually, like, photographed, right? The media was there, and he was like, ha, ah, look at that. And after that happened, um, the media made statements that he was totally nonchalant about it. He acted very indifferently and just moved on to the next case. Are you serious? Dead serious. I, I hate that phrase. Are you serious? Obviously, you already said it, but like, right? like, wow. and then he was also unable to again explain in any scientific description the basis for his treatment, and it wasn't surgical, like it wasn't precise. Like yeah. you pound it into someone's brain and you wiggle it, wiggle it, fifteen, 15 degrees, degrees laterally. laterally. That's it. And it, about seven centimeters in, that is that's the whole thing. And again, it's in your brain. You can't see what the fuck you're doing up there. Right. You don't know how far into someone's brain you went. So, yeah. it's It was kind of like a crapshoot. You're just wow. rolling the dice. Uh, not to mention there was tons of complications, right? Because you have intracranial hemorrhage, epilepsy, because, again, you're fucking around with someone's brain. And then your alterations in affect, personality, brain abscesses, which, oh, my God, that would hurt. Dementia and death. You know, seizure, coma, death. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this time, he actually worked as a professor in a high-prestige university, and he also worked at a bunch of VA hospitals. And I throw this one in because, of course, right? Oh, here we go. Okay. Here we fucking go. Uh, of course, the VA, because they're like, hmm. Actually, hmm. actually, the head consultant, the head uh, psychiatric consultant for the whole VA system, he was like, um, no, you're not going to do these procedures. And he actually stated that it would only happen over his, quote, dead body. Oh. Yeah. This right. guy was like, no. There ain't no goddamn way you're doing this shit in in my hospitals. However, the chief psychiatric chief, 
so that each hospital could choose for itself if they wanted to do it or not. The, like the VA hospitals or hospitals in general? The VA hospitals. So there is a VA hospital psychiatric chief and then the VA hospital uh, consulting uh, medical guy. The okay. medical guy said, no, you're not doing this in the hospitals, period. The psychiatric guy said, yeah, let each hospital determine if you can do that. That sounds exactly how the VA would do that. Right. I'm just, and I was like, wow. I was, I was super stoked. I'm like, oh man, they're going to, and then I'm like, no, never mind. Never mind. Oh, oh, there it goes. VA there. let you down yet again. Sorry. I like mean. they always do that. They're like, look at all these good things that we're doing to change. And you're like, really? And then it gets scappy pat down. Bam. Huh. That sounds about right. Yeah, fuck the VA. Yeah. I'm going to put that on record. I hope the VA hears that, and I hope you guys go suck on a big, giant bag of dicks. A giant bag of micro dicks? So they get micro caught in your throat. P- yeah, then you choke on it. Die, die, mother. <laughs> I don't like the VA system, if anybody can what? tell. You don't? I never knew. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, well, they do let people sit in their parking lot and kill themselves. Because mm-hmm. they don't get psychiatric I remember. Treatment. I'm going to share something. All right, let's do it. So I, when I got out of the military, it was a very difficult transition for me because right when I got out is right after I got back from my deployment. And so, and mind you, I had went into the military very young too. like Very young. 17. Yeah, that's very young to be out killing people. I wasn't killing people. I did medical for <laughs> Christ's sakes. All right, fine, where people were getting killed. Okay, but anyway, and so um, so I had a really, really hard time mentally and emotionally, and I actually went and got help through the VA system. And I remember sitting in this psychiatrist's office. Mind you, this bitch never even, she couldn't pick me out of a lineup. She never looked at me. And I remember sitting there, and I just had my first kid. So also on top of that, threw in some serious postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there crying, which I don't cry. That's true. I can testify to that. I don't cry. And I was crying saying I felt so helpless and that I don't want to kill myself, but I really don't want to be living that much, you know. She never looked up and she said, well, do you just want me to increase your meds? Wow. And I would say. That's pretty callous. It's very callous. And I would say, okay, that's one instance. However... (laughs) You will hear that story across the board in several VA settings. Now, are there some VA settings that they genuinely care? Of course. You can't put everybody in the single box. But during that same time, that's when, like in the major VA hospitals, mm-hmm. dudes were going out in the parking lot, blowing their damn brains out. Because they didn't get any help. No they help like at all. Nobody cared. Because at that time, the VA is just like fanning out pills to vets. I have four bottles full of gabapentin because my back hurt. They're like, well, here's some gabapentin. I'm like, I don't fucking want it. They're like, I don't want a pill. I want you to fix it. Yeah. They're what? like, they're like, oh, well, it's probably service connected, but we can't prove it. So here's some gabapentin. That's messed up. Yeah. So that's my take on the VA system, and they can suck a big giant bag of dicks. You're like, well, my back didn't hurt when I was 17 when I entered the fucking military. It's crazy. Weird. So weird. So weird. Anyway, so yet again, I digress. So the VA hospital tried to do right. They, they tried to do well. The one guy was like, "No, you're fucking crazy, do right. it." And the other one's like, "Nah, whatever." Again, not surprising. We can make it more, you know, manageable. Make them more manageable. What their pesky complaints of, pe- of shell shock? Because <laughs> yeah, back then it was called shell shock, right? After mm-hmm. World War Two yeah. and World War One, mm-hmm. shell shock. Yep. yep. 
Like, yeah, those pesky guys who keep having these damn flashbacks when they, you know, like save millions of people. It's fine. Fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck Lobotomize them. them. They're a bunch fine. of whiners. They just really need to quit complaining yeah, and being so I selfish. I thought they were in the military. I thought I they mean, were supposed to be big, burly badasses. Yeah, you, God, you're such a pussy. Man up. Lame. Lame. Anyway. <laughs> So Freeman, he was he was a neuropathologist, right? So that means that he studies the pathology or the illnesses of the brain. Okay. So he tried to do what he was doing scientifically. I mean, but again, it's the brain. It's very hard to do that. But he would actually, um, for anyone who died after the procedure, he would dissect the brain, analyze it, and try to figure out what went wrong, how things worked. And he actually decided to modify the, the basic lobotomy for better precision in target specific areas. So for example, people who had mood disorders, so if they were depressed, suicidal, things like that, he would focus more on the front part of the brain, okay, or of the frontal lobe anyway, and those with more severe schizophrenic symptoms, he would focus more on the back of the brain. So he did, again, try to do research to figure out, so I, I, think, I do think his intentions were good, at least at the beginning, and then he also needed that ego stroked. Unfortunately, yeah. it sounded so. like he got really caught up in the attention. Yeah, he did. And really, bit. really veered little, off path. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe he has like, you know, tiny dick syndrome or something. He probably does. He's probably choking on those micro dicks. Uh, so it should be noted that he had a great education, again, taught at George Washington University, very passionate about lobotomies, but he had zero fuck surgical training. Zero. Mm-hmm. Clearly, so, right? When he was doing these things, he probably didn't really give two shits about sterile field, which is a huge thing right now. Huge in medical stuff. Uh, well, you know, the whole brain abscess thing. Mm. And, you know, MRSA is out there and all these other diseases. And if you get a disease in your brain, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah, yeah you are. So, um, so after, because again, Watts did the actual surgery stuff, like, uh, Freeman helped determine how to do it, where to do whatever, but Watts was the one who was there for the surgical stuff, but then he left, um, which is probably one of the reasons why Watts left because he was so disgruntled by the transorbital because there was no, again, no precision, no sterility. You're like, ah, about 15, mil 15 degrees, which is crazy. That would so not happen in a, today's, today's stuff. And then he was using all the ice picks out of his freezer, which is cool. And he would he would show off that he could do it in less than ten minutes. Mm -hmm. So hammer, hammer, swish, swash, done. And then like time, woohoo! And he like I don't know, throw up his arms, throw his tools down, be like done. Um, uh, and he did it on people that just had like minor mental health stuff. There was one doc who criticized it, saying something like, uh, "A simple, even something as simple as a pain in the neck might be cause for a lobotomy in his perspective." Like for real, or is it is he just? No, he did it for headaches. For headaches, mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, another critic said, uh, and this is a straight quote, the ice pick lobotomy performed by Freeman with the, reckless, with the recklessness bordering on lunacy, touring the country like a traveling evangelist. In most cases, the procedure is nothing more than gross and wanted mutilation carried out by self-righteous zealot. Ooh, damn. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> like, damn, right? Put him on blast, man. Put him. That was some shade throw motherfucker right there it's like guys like great oak man he's throwing shade like crazy <laughs> <laughs> so uh freeman did about four thousand of them and and a lot of other people started trying it as like a last ditch effort to control people's behaviors because again this is still in the 40s when uh insane asylums were just overrun by 
all these people, very sick, very psychotic, and there was still no treatment for them because meds didn't start to come out until like 1955. And that's when we got antipsychotics and we could smell people, which okay. sounds terrible. But it's better than putting the ice a pick lobo- through. A lobotomy? Well, or a straitjacket? So, because like we said, like I think last episode, I know minimal amount about Freeman and I knew that he originally started going to all these asylums to do the lobotomies to basically subdue these really violent mm-hmm. psychotic totally. patients yeah. and that's kind of like how it got a lot of momentum he would Definitely. travel around to all those asylums is that right yeah he didn't necessarily yeah, like he traveled around in his area but it wasn't until he did the transorbital thing that he really started making all this media attention and okay. um, traveled around in his van across the country oh god what's it with these crazy doctors in vans he he dubbed his van uh the lobotomy mobile no he did not he totally just did. like kevorkian mm-hmm. had the death mobile mm-hmm. oh my yeah. god nope he totally did and when i saw that i'm like i'm putting that in there because <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it's got to be in there Wow. Uh, but yeah, when they were doing it for the insane asylums, like when the violent people who need their behaviors probably a little bit under control, make <laughs> them a little more docile. Yeah, they need to be docile. They, you know, because again, no medication, no therapy worked. Yeah. I mean, the best case scenario is that you could do, you know, conditioning, like how you condition your dogs to train their behavior so you can train them with positive and negative reinforcement. And even that didn't always so work. So they keep fucking around, they're and they're going to find, find out. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they find out enough, and then all of a sudden you become a rabid dog because mm-hmm. you've been beat too much. Right. Right. It's a very thin, thin line of beaten. It is. It very much is. I can understand, though, why people would do that for these type of people. Because like, like we said before, what else do you got? Yeah, you're going to just keep them in a cage or in a straitjacket the whole time? Because right. that's no good either. Yeah. I mean, at this point, their quality of life obviously shit. shit they're violent to others and sorry mm-hmm. if you have to look mm-hmm. at it at a very logical sense it's like one person's quote-unquote freedom to be crazy as fuck does not make it okay to put how many others at risk how many others you know what i mean mm-hmm. so in those cases i'm like sorry not sorry though dude sorry that you got some bad cards dealt to you right? in the mental health department well you know and what i think it's amazing that 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 bedlam hospital started out in 1247 because at that point in time like we still weren't really keeping the psychotic alive. We just kind of sent them out into nature and let nature take care of that. Survival of the fittest, Darwinism, whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's where Sasquatch started. Huh. Huh. Maybe. Anyway. Hmm. That's next episode, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, like in 1247, that seems like a long time ago. And you think that people who were psychotic people would be so afraid of them that they would be totally ostracized and then they would just die. Because mm-hmm. they're so psychotic that they can't figure out how to care for themselves and they walk around in dangerous situations like we see that all the time today someone is so psychotic that they're walking down the middle of the street and they don't realize that they're walking down the middle of the street because they think they're you know walking through a park tiptoeing through the tulips or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and so we pick them up and we take them to the hospital because like yeah you are obviously gravely disabled because you are a danger to yourself not because you're suicidal but because you're so fucking psychotic you don't you can't figure out how to get fresh water you can't figure out how to make your food you're walking around with in a swimming suit in 30 below weather, right? Right. So I'm surprised that even in 1247, we had these asylums where we kept people. Because they should have probably been dead. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but if they would have just kind of let nature take its course, we'd have probably have a little less mental illness than we have now. Maybe. And that sounds terrible. But anyway. All right. So getting back to to, uh, the lobotomies. Right. So everybody was doing it. Last ditch effort. Uh, it's estimated about 60,000 procedures were done in the U.S. 
and the EU from 1936 to 1956, so like a 20-year period. A large portion of such lobotomized patients exhibited reduced tension or agitation, but many also showed other effects such as apathy, passivity, lack of initiative, poor ability to concentrate, and generally decreased depth and intensity of their emotional response to life, which is kind of what you wanted, right? If you were using it in the asylums on the dangerous people. Sure. Not if you're using it for the housewife who's a little lippy, <laughs> right? Uh, so Freeman actually coined the term at that point in time that he was trying to make surgically induced childhood, right? No, because kids are a pain in the ass. Well, not if you beat them a little more. <laughs> All right. There was some evidence that more women had lobotomies than men, even though the main indication for a lobotomy was schizophrenia, and men historically have a higher prevalence of schizophrenia. Really? I thought... I thought it was the other way around. Mm-mm. No, it's men. Oh. Men have a higher incidence. Women have more bipolar, but men have a higher incidence of schizophrenia. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, in fact, there was... Uh, oh, so one woman had lobotomy due to, quote, strange behavior, specifically her ambivalent attitude regarding childcare. Which that was, was well, diagnos- diagnosable for a lobotomy. I'm just curious about that. Entailed. I have no idea. Oh, okay. That's just what it said. Because if it's like how I raised my kids, I'd probably totally get lobotomized. No, because you're not you're not ambivalent. You're you're very bivalent. I don't know what the opposite of ambivalent is, oh. but you're very bivalent to your children because you're like, oh, you will not act like that. And so I'm wondering if ambivalence is just like someone who's just letting their kids run amok because you just don't give oh, a shit. I'm just kind of thinking you're like, fuck around, find out, whatever. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Either way, but uh, yeah, so they, so your husband doesn't like your child rearing ability, so he's going to go get you lobotomized. Or like maybe she just didn't beat her. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm beat him too much or didn't beat him enough? One just, way or the just other. Just love them too much, you know, instead of being like, you know, beating them with belt. So I don't know. I think ambivalence, I think she was just like cold mm. and just not, didn't really care. That's really what ambivalent kind of means to me anyway. But if you get a lobotomy, wouldn't you be just like that be more i don't know apathetic uh yeah i don't know so it's yeah it's a whole thing right okay whatever anyway uh so let's see where am i where am i uh other charts noted that they lobotomized people especially in institutions specifically to quote maintain order unquote so again if you have the crazy psychotic who's running amok causing problems or hurting other people you do want to maintain and i can't get behind that like i kind of said i'm like listen i'm behind that 100 percent. me too i'm not behind it because you're ambivalent towards child and it wasn't towards your children it was towards child rearing her ambivalent attitude regarding child care which is just yeah anyway that's not that's very that's very broad uh yeah it is like so is to quote maintain order and you got someone who's a little lippy Let's, let's take care of that. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> anyway, overall, uh, in the U.S., about 60% were women. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would totally be in that lineup, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you would. You are lippy. I'm so. super lippy. And I'm hilarious. And, you know. Not everybody likes that. No. No. <laughs> Especially the people who want their wife to be more docile. Yeah, I'm not docile. So, Just ask Batman. For, yeah. Well, Batman told me it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes Freeman would, again, he really liked this media attention and right. he would do all these things to garner more attention. Like he would call them when he's going to be in town. He traveled around and he dubbed his van the, the Lobotomobile. He would sometimes uh, lobotomize up to 24 women in one day. 
Dang. Yeah. And in 1952, he lobotomized 228 people in one week. Whoa. That's a lot of, like, you consider it a surgery, right? You're, again, you're messing with the freaking melon. That's a surgery. Yeah. There ain't no surgeon alive that does that many surgeries in one week. Unless you're talking about a dermatologist who's going to excise some potential mole issues. Then maybe. Yeah, even even then, probably not. Probably not. Uh, so, yeah, he was very much attention-seeking, drove around the country performing this on pretty much anyone and everyone. Uh, and, again, he dubbed his van the Lomotomobile. Some lobotomies were done on children. The youngest one was 12. Oh, no. Uh-huh. The dude that was 12, he, like, grew up, and he has this whole documentary that he made where he really? went around talking to people, the- other people that were lobotomized. What's the name of the documentary? Uh, I don't know. I didn't write that down. But the dude's <laughs> name was uh, Dolly, D-U-L-L-Y. And, like, his parents never talked to him about it. So how this all occurred, uh-huh. his mom died when he was five. Oh. Dad remarried because that's what happens in the day, right? Uh, His stepmom said that she feared her stepson, who she described as defiant and savage looking. Savage looking? Savage looking. If they saw my brother, my brother looks like a caveman. Like, seriously, he looks like he was raised by wolves. But (laughs) I'm sorry you went with your brother. I was thinking Batman as a kid. He was probably pretty savage looking too. No, he was so cute, Batman. He was a cute little kid. No, my brother though. Yeah. My brother's got like that big brow. Like he looks like a fucking caveman. A savage? He does. Well, uh. Totally lobotomized my brother. And he's huge. This is a direct quote from the chart of this kid. Okay. Um, that the stepmom said. Stepmom said he doesn't react either to love or to punishment. So I'm just like, how much, how much punishment are you giving him there, lady? Mm -hmm. Right. And then he objects to going to bed, but then sleeps well. That's every all fucking kid. child in the world. Oh my god, my 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 kid, mm-hmm. Tinkerbell. Oh my lord. Yeah, exactly. I have to have an exorcism to get her to go to bed. Exactly. So maybe we should. No, I'm not. No, we don't want to do that. Oh Sorry. no, her eyes are too beautiful. It doesn't hurt your eyeballs. Oh, it just okay. hurts your brain. But, <laughs> all right. Uh, and then she also said he does a good deal of daydreaming. And when when asked what about, he says, "I don't know." Oh my god. Lock this kid up, man. He's crazy. <laughs> He's a crazy child. He's going to hurt somebody. And then he turns the room's lights on when there's broad sunlight outside. Like every fucking kid on the right? planet. I'm just looking through this and I'm just like, that's a normal what kid. F- what is fuck? wrong with this lady? She- I don't know. And in the documentary, the kid, as an adult, he's like, yeah, I just was worried that, like, I don't know what I did to my stepmom to make her hate me so much. She's a bitch. And why didn't my dad do something about because it? Because... It, getting, this was in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, because you uh, were unfortunately raised in the 40s where men were pretty much useless in the sense of fam- family, family dynamics. Right. And he was getting the Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. And then anyway, I'm just yeah, going to move on. A 12 year old. So That's and because horrific. he was basically a child and that his stepmom, I don't know. Listen, like, I would never do this to my kids. I'm just going to say this right now. But if you were to compare, like, what my kid Tinkerbell does to what this kid does, I would say, be like, I can see why people would be like, yeah, maybe you should lobotomize her. She's a little crazy. Right. She's, like, She's got some, some lip. She got a lot of lip. She got she got a lot of pa- passion, a lot of fire in that uh, little tiny body. I, know, I was thinking maybe the stepmom should have been lobotomized. That's what I was thinking. Right? It's like, sounds like the bitch needs to be lobotomized. Or maybe get, you know... Something. A better, a better dicking or something. Something. So 
Anyway. There was another lady, 29-year-old lady. She They did a lobotomy on her and described, and after the fact, Freeman described her as smiling, lazy, and satisfactory with the personality of an oyster. What? I don't, I guess that's what we're going for. And then later. That's how she was before the lobotomy? That, no, that's how she was after the lobotomy. And before she had had some behavior. So she, I don't know exactly what her deal was, but. Um, Maybe she was like one of those ladies that went out smoking and drinking and partying. <gasps> how dare she? I know. Harlot she is. Terrible. Lobotomize that bitch. Make so, her into an oyster. Well, her, her family <laughs> said that afterwards she would pour coffee continuously out of an empty coffee pot. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so sad. I know, right? I'm just like, oh. That sucks. And when her family was unable to control her behavior, which is weird because wasn't that what the lobotomy was supposed to fix? <laughs> anyway, uh, Freeman suggested behavioral training with rewards and punishments that he said snacks and smacks. <laughs> so i'm gonna use the snacks and smacks things for like the rest of my life i think like i don't like this guy but that's funny children acting up you got to give them some snacks and smacks because it's true it is true it's like pavlov's dogs Ex- all over again exactly bf skinner with like little albert and the anyway oh, the Al- little albert thing made me cry when i read that it. that was terrible that poor baby i know right anyway um so real quick for those of you who don't know Little Albert was, uh, uh, I'm going to call him a victim. He is a victim. <laughs> of this dude named B.F. Skinner. B.F. Skinner was a crazy, uh, smart, um, not super ethical, but a crazy, smart uh, conditioning person. So conditioning is like what you do, how you train your dog to do things, right? They yeah. do something good, you give them a treat. They do something bad, you give them a smack. <laughs> right? You give so, them a snack or a smack. <laughs> he, was, he was conditioning little Albert to not like fuzzy white things. So he'd give him a cute little baby bunny and then ring a gong and scare the shit out of him. So he did this so often that as soon as little Albert saw a little fuzzy white thing, he would start crying. And it was just to show that conditioning could work on anything. Yeah. What yeah. a bastard. He was kind of a dick. Not kind of. Okay, he was a dick. I'm pretty sure right now, like, Satan's shoving white fuzzy bunnies up his ass. Well, uh, but he proved his theory. Oh, well, thank God for that. And uh, what about the parents? I think well, he was an orphan. This to happen. He was an orphan. Was he an orphan? Yeah, he was an orphan. I don't know. That was a long time ago. Anyway, yeah. so that's what, when we say little Albert, that was it. He actually reconditioned him to not have that response. Did you know that? I did hear, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know if that was true or not, but yeah. I did hear about that. But yeah. either way, fucking snacks and smacks. Snacks and smacks. It's the behaviorist. I am a total behaviorist, by the way. I think you can condition almost anyone to do anything, especially if you have like sex and some kind of really bad punishment, unless they like that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think you can condition almost anyone for anything. I mean, it's sometimes a nice little smack and <laughs> little around. slap and tickle is not so bad. Not too bad. <laughs> uh, as long as it's a little. Like, don't put the fork in the outlet. That's not that's <laughs> not the kind of electroconvulsion we're talking about. No. <laughs> All right. So, But, yeah, and then at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, then if you're going to condition the behavior that you were just trying to eliminate by the lobotomy, how do you know it's not the conditioning that actually did the... What kind of snacks are they giving her? Uh, they didn't say, but he, that was just his recommendation. He's like, yeah, just give her some rewards and some punishment, maybe some snacks and some smacks. I'm just like, (laughs) that's funny. I'm trying to think of what snack I would want for me to comply. Hmm. I am a sucker for chocolate. Man, I I like cheese. I love cheese too. Right. And there's so many different varieties of cheese. Yes, that's true. But I'd love me some chocolate. Oh my God, I'm fucking hungry. Can we go to lunch after this? Please. So let's wrap this up because I'm hungry. All right, I'm fucking starving. I haven't eaten yet today. All right, so um, let's see. Do, do, do. So one of the main uh, 
critics, one of the main things that the medical community at large criticized about all these procedures, all these lobotomies, is informed consent. Right. Mm-hmm. So informed consent is your like if anyone's ever had a surgery out there, the doctor comes in and is like, yeah, you got to sign this form saying that I told you all the risks, all the benefits, what exactly I'm going to do and that you're OK with all of this. Right. If you're psychotic, can you actually even give informed consent? No, you cannot. No, you can't. And you know how I know that? Because you can't do any research on fucking crazy people. Yeah. It's which kind of sucks because we kind of need to do it. We do need to do it. And they're like, you know, just the right population to do it on. But, uh, okay, we can't do that. It's unethical, whatever. And I don't know when exactly that whole ethical thing came out. The ethical people need to chill their tits a bit because it's like, okay, well, we still need to kind of understand. Let's, we, we not, let's not torture them, but we got to study them. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to torture any. Well. There's some people I would love to torture. Say, I'm not I wish lie. we could torture people in prison, but we can't do that either because they're also one they of They have more rights protected populations. in prison than people that are not it's in prison. stupid. Anyway. Anyway. All right, but that was one of the main components to the criticism of it. They're like, well, you're going into these insane asylums. Like, not when he's traveling around in his lobotomobile doing surgeries on, like, housewives and children. Which uh, they, you know, children can't. They can't, but their parents can. But if you're in the actual institutions where you're dealing with legitimately psychotic people, you can't explain to them all these things. They just they just aren't going to get it. And so you can't do informed consent, which is one of the main reasons why it gets so sticky when we actually admit people into the hospital and then they refuse medications. It's a whole legal process to override that right mm-hmm. and administer medications against their will. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But necessary. Uh, very necessary. Anyway, so... Freeman, I've sat on people and done it. Oh, I've done it more times than I can count, probably. I'm sure you have, yeah. So uh, Freeman lost his medical license. At some point in time. Weird, right? Was it when he started lobotomizing kids for being kids? No. Are you fucking serious? Mm -mm. He didn't have any repercussions from that. Oh, my God. That's infuriating. Anyway. So at the end of his life, he uh, actually bought a camper van and drove around the country again. This time not performing lobotomies, but actually following up on all the patients he had performed lobotomies on. Because he, again, he was very passionate about this and he thought it did help people. Like, he went a little little nuts there with it and started doing it for everybody. But, um, yeah. But so he went around, and in 1971, he actually did f- publish a follow-up study and that he followed up on 707 schizophrenics and reported that 73% were still hospitalized or at home in a, quote, state of idle dependency. So they're basically vegetables. Well, I don't know about vegetables, but they weren't able to take care of themselves, which is fine. I mean, a, a schizophrenic in that day wouldn't have been able to take care of themselves either. But it's also unfortunate because I'm sure a lot of these people were now on medications. Well, like when he says it like that, I'm thinking of people that are basically just lying in bed. They can't do anything. They're like basically drooling all over themselves and you have to be changing them and showering And that them may and- be, but that could also be because they were getting Thorazine too. Yeah, Thorazine's good shit. Mm-hmm. So Or Haldol, because Thorazine came out in like 1955, and Haldol came out a few years later. So it could be a combination of things, so we don't really know if that did anything, if the lobotomies. Like the, the t- kid that was a 12-year-old, he's totally fine. That's I mean, good. he says that he feels a little different. Like he sometimes he feels like there's something missing. Part of the brain, perhaps? Perhaps. <laughs> but otherwise he's like yeah he's had a pretty much a normal life probably lacks a lot of empathy you know he's pretty apathetic about a lot about some see, things see i would i would think that too but the, considering the fact that he went around and started talking to other people that were lobotomized and try to find out all this history about it i don't think he is apathetic oh well then maybe so not. i don't know yeah maybe. i don't know maybe the brain's like part of us is missing 
it's like, we don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. But yeah, and then and then uh, Freeman died in 1972 of cancer. Was it? Please tell me it was brain cancer. <laughs> because that would be oh that'd be ironic wouldn't it actually i don't know i didn't like it didn't even dawn on me to look oh my god that would all right my references if you will yes i used a lot of PubMed articles i use britannica because that's super legit i use some npr stuffs called uh my lobotomy and his dude's name was howard dooley howard dooley Mm -hmm. maybe dooley d-u-l-l-y and it's like my lobotomy, Howard Dooley's journey, and that was on an, an, an NPR program. And then, of course, I used Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia. Right. I know that like anybody can put anything on Wikipedia, but it's usually pretty. And I love it's how vetted. it's broken. Mm-hmm. I like how it's broken down. Yeah, it's vetted, and it always cites its sources. It does cite its like. sources. So, although um, I don't let students use Wikipedia. No, 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 no. I make them work for it. But if you go into Wikipedia and you get those sources, and then use their sources, let's work smarter, not harder. That's Listen, most students have not figured that out until mm-hmm. after they graduate. That's, They're like, wait a minute. It's probably true. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that is my story. Oh, anyway, and so so how do you like that? That was really cool. I, I like that. Like, I can see how, you know, it kind of turned into, like, all the villains. They start off kind of uh-huh. good, you know, uh-huh. with good intentions, and then they morph into this exactly fucking monster like this guy did. He he really did because like like I said I really think he had good intentions at the beginning mm-hmm. and then I don't and I, no one in none of the stuff I read did it ever come up with costs like how much he charged people for this yeah that's what like with Kevorkian I couldn't find anything about mm-hmm. how much it cost so I don't even know if he I don't know if he charged anybody or anything like that I mean honestly I, I didn't yeah, dig that I'm much sure he had to I was just like Freeman like he got to live and he's traveling around the country in his camper van yeah I'm just more appalled by the fact that like people would take their children in. Right, like, like that—that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Listen, my kids, like I just—I just got them saying they drive me fucking nuts, especially especially my youngest because uh-huh. she's a little, she can be, can be. She is. She's 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 rough. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> she's straight out of Compton. <laughs> she is. She is an OG. Like one time, the other day, she was walking through. The, I told her to do to pick something up or whatever you know because she leaves her shit laying around mm-hmm. everywhere she's five mind everybody but still she's what they do but she's like a 15 year old it's horrible and she was walking to uh hey tink pick pick that up on your way back she walks past it looks at it kicks it and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> kicks it like a little tappy with her little tiny foot uh-huh and you're like oh and then I about damn near lobotomized her with the back of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. Nice. I don't even remember what I did. I was like, I think I look at Batman. I was like, you better get your kid. because like, you, you better do something. But do something with this child because, oh, my Lord. And then there's sweet little Captain America. Such a good kid. They're both good kids. They are. They're pretty good. But, yeah, yeah my little Tink, she's, if she were to grow up in the 40s, she'd be screwed. Ooh. Yeah. She'd be screwed. Yeah, she would. Yeah. She'd. Probably end up on the other side of the tracks. She's going to end up in those asylums. They're like, <laughs> like look, uh, I thought she was really pretty and stuff, and now you can take her because now her She's pretty and stop. crazy. Kind of like mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. Kind of like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That fruit <laughs> right a- next to your foot. <laughs> <laughs> did not did not stray far. No, no, it did not. No, it did not. Just, just Well, I was funk. just saying bat- to Batman this morning, I'm like, man, she is so stubborn just like somebody i know okay i'm not that stubborn i'm like i'm like yeah whatever that fruit fell right next to both (laughs) you i mean 
I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, but that's crazy to like think like think of all the patients that we have seen that were like, hmm, you could definitely benefit from a fucking lobotomy. So there was this one guy, I'll just go into this story real quick, that I worked with at a state institution. And every time he came out of his room, he would go and uh, try to quote unquote bless people. Interesting. And that was not gentle. It was usually a hard slap basically to somewhere on the top of the head or in the face or whatever. And the dude was like straight up psychotic and they tried him on every medication under there and nothing worked for this very fixed delusion that he was. I can't remember. This was, God, this is forever ago. I can't remember if he was like a prophet or something. But yeah, so basically he had, he spent all his time in his room alone because he couldn't be out with other people because he would hurt them. And so they had, they had him uh, basically conditioned to just stay in his room. So if he'd come out of his room, they just people, staff. People would just dissipate. Like, hey, go back to your room. You got to go back in there. And that was it. And like um, the door wasn't locked. But again, he was conditioned to stay in there because that was the only place that he could go that was safe. Like he did have, he did have yard time when no one else was out there. Oh, or that's kind of sad. select staff that could handle it if... Uh, something happened yeah because it sounds like he didn't want to hurt people he didn't he was actually really nice but then he just got these overcome with these delusions that he had to quote bless people (laughs) by Um, smacking the demons right out their ear (laughs) pretty much he was trying to do the trepanation just without the hole in the skull oh my god and so that's really sad it was super sad he was there for years too years and see he would probably benefit from a fucking probably would have honestly if that was still a thing. You know what? I just had a thought. Hmm. You know, p- patients with dementia and they get mm-hmm. kind of violent. Mm-hmm. I bet they would be a good candidate for lobotomy. All you think? good ideas. Pro- well, I don't know, because sometimes Cause lobotomies really- cause dementia. Well, I mean, you can't already cause them that already exists. That's true. So, I mean, at that point. Huh. Because, you know, because it's like, you especially do the frontal part where the, a lot of the aggression is and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll docile them a bit. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Also, uh, sex offenders. Just sh- shoot them in the head. Okay. Let's just take care of the problem right there. Uh, we'll do trepanation. Yeah. And just leave that hole open. Maybe some mm. something will crawl in there or, and slowly eat their mm-hmm. brain. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. No, sex offenders. No, thank you. Um, just like, let's just save everybody the time and money and just put that put that hole that goes straight through not, at a high velocity. Not the kind with Phineas. Not the kind with Phineas. That, that dude survived. Not that one. Dude, I don't think anybody else would have survived no, that. No, right? I don't know. I, like I said, I used to watch that TV show where people had weird shit in their faces and their heads. Yeah. And they still serve. They can walk it in. Like some guy had like a nail gun that shot the plastic wrap onto his head like a couple times and come walking in the ER. He's like, um, can I get some help? Holy f- damn. Well, it's mm-hmm. like I've seen gunshot wounds to the head and they're still alive. I too have seen gunshot wounds to the head and most of mine, yours are probably not self-inflicted. The ones that I've seen have been self-inflicted. Were some of mine self-inflicted? Um, no, those ones were gunshots to the back of the head. Mm, yeah, that would that would do it. Yeah, but they, but yeah, they. Wait a minute, hold on. I don't remember. Oh God, I'm really trying to remember. That's all right. The ones that I saw, there was a couple, and they just kind of fucked up their faces. So if you do yeah. it, don't don't twitch. Don't twitch. Don't you. Don't, don't be prepared for the kickback because it happens uh, a microsecond before the bullet comes out. Uh, um, don't hesitate. Oh, yeah, that too. Or just don't do it. D- I mean, don't do it. Don't start with don't do it. <laughs> right? Kind of like, Maybe we should follow up with don't do it. Uh, um, I know. I think we should start with don't do it. But if you're contemplating <laughs> it, call the national hotlines. 
They're everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to the local crisis center. Go to the ED. Call 911. Yeah, call 911. They'll come talk to you, Mm -hmm. and then they'll sit with you. Totally. Yep. Cool. All right. I think we are just about out of time. All righty. Well, hope everybody enjoyed this two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you guys guys like the two-parters, if you hate us for doing a two-parter and leaving you kind of on a cliffhanger. I think you weren't that mean with a cliffhanger. No, not at all. I would totally be mean with a cliffhanger. Well, I wasn't expecting to have to do the cliffhanger, so if I do it again, it will be worse. There you go. Okay. All right. But I also want to know if you guys like these kind of stories or if you like us just mainly bitching about patients. Yeah, we can do a nice shuffle of them, too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh So, yeah, let us know what y'all think. Um, But anyway, if you like today's episode or if you just like us in general, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Definitely. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Tell people about us. We're pretty pretty funny. I think we're funny. I think we're entertaining nonetheless. My patients think I'm hilarious Uh, most of the time until they get mad because I tell them they're kind of being an asshole. Even then, I think that it's still okay. Yeah, it's fine. they They like it rough. They do like it rough. They do. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, follow us on Instagram at Healthcare Villains. Uh, That's on, our, our only social media. <laughs> uh, it's connected to our Facebook, isn't it? I'd never go on that fucking no? thing. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and uh, you can email us at healthcarevillains at gmail.com. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.